and welcome to the Deeper Into the Woods podcast. Uh, We're so excited that you are here today, and I'm super excited because I have a good friend of mine, Jesse Nelson, who uh, is not only a good friend, but he's also the uh, owner, co-owner, what are you? Co-owner. Co-owner of Overflow Taps in both Linden and Bellingham, Washington. I just wanted to bring him on the podcast today to just talk shop, talk a little bit about um, some similarities in the coffee culture slash beer culture that you see, and then uh, just talk about business and how you know starting a business is not always the funnest thing ever, and you really got to battle through some things to get to get to where you want to be. So, in all of that, um, welcome Jesse. So Thanks, excited brother. that you're here. Um, why don't you just give us a quick, just little. Who are you? A little quick rundown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as Ryan said, Jesse's my uh, first name. And uh, man, you want like the, the family history? Like you want it all? I don't, like, I don't do you know want? That. You know, like where I, where I started, where I'm at? Like anyway. <laughs> Nobody cares about uh, yeah, that. I own a couple tap houses <laughs> in Bellingham uh, with my business partner, Adam Stacy, um, And we donate a portion of uh, every pint to soon to be a portion of everything in the store, which will be pretty rad, um, mm-hmm. to help build wells in Africa. So that's the quick and quick version of, that's of very what quick I, very version. quick. Yeah. And I love that. So that's one of the things that I'm stoked on about what you guys do is, um, the social aspects or social yeah. responsibility aspect of your business. And I think that's something that's, you know, obviously very rare, yeah. um, in, especially in a craft beer industry. Um, but, actually making your business do good things for the world. Yeah. Um, just tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and yeah. who you've partnered with and, yeah. and, you know, kind of the heart behind it. Yeah. I think uh, before I started this business with Adam, uh, I owned a little web design and marketing business and I wasn't feeling fulfilled. And so oh. I wanted to rebrand it as a, as a social good business. Maybe 10% of the sales would go to, uh, to something good, but I didn't necessarily know what. And so at that time, I was, you know how Facebook works, all of a sudden I get this video across my feed, <laughs> yeah. just happened to be looking for something to do to give, and a video of uh, Scott Harrison, the founder of uh, Charity Water, uh, came across my feed, and I felt very touched by this video, so I felt kind of called to action, if you will, uh, to, to give to this, to this charity. Um, and so that's kind of uh, how I, I came to want to give to the charity. Um, but the charity is Charity Water. The founder is Scott Harrison. They've been around for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, but they have an interesting model, which is one of the reasons why we stuck, we've stuck with them the whole way, yeah. um, is they have a 100% model. So 100% of the publicly donated money goes to building the wells or water projects. It's not just wells, but we just like to say wells, but there's a ton of different water projects going on. <clears throat> you know, biosand filters, things like that. Yeah. But, um, and, and that's very unique because if you, if you donate $100 to, if, to Charity Water, it's all going towards the wells. And their operations are, the operational budget <clears throat> is privately funded. Or they, not necessarily always privately, but they'll throw events or they'll get, they have this program called The Well, which is like families who give every year just so that they can keep running their nonprofit. And I, we thought that was very, very unique. You know, the idea was we change charities maybe every quarter or every month or every year or something oh, yeah. like that, you know. But uh, we found that building a relationship with this one charity um, has been very beneficial for the clean water crisis and also, you know, our business as a whole as well. Yeah, that's so cool, man. I, uh, that was one of the first things that kind of drew me to, um, to what you were doing and just sort of the, the culture that you were building around like, hey, let's rally behind a cause. Yeah while you know obviously enjoying craft beer um so it's exciting to hear and it's exciting to see how you guys you know are pushing through and um kind of making a difference in that way thanks man man so that's so cool i as far as you know rallying your team around a common goal and a common mission of providing clean water yeah you know to, to to places that don't have it um and that's one of the things that i'm stoked about yeah you know, overflow taps and just just kind of getting to hear your heart behind that yeah, man, rallying the team. So that's something I'm really focused on right now. And so as we as we decide what we're doing next for the company, so we've got two locations and we've we actually had talked really early on about maybe opening up a third and which we probably will do someday. But um, I'm really trying to figure out 
how to, I, I know how, now I'm actually trying to implement strategies on connecting our team to the mission. Yeah. So, which is something as simple as, I think the other day I, I took a, a I took a screenshot or I exported a PDF an email I got from one of the breweries in town that donated to our cause, and uh, and sent that in Slack and just said hey if you've ever thought that your your time behind the bar doesn't matter I've never thought that before for even an, a, a second in my life because yeah. it doesn't happen without you right mm-hmm. and so now I'm I'm really trying to embrace the role my role in the company as connecting our team to the vision, to totally. the mission of solving the global water crisis, and then the same thing with our guests. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big thing right now. Yeah, and that's a tough thing, and that's something that we've, um, us here at Woods have, you know, really tried to figure out as well. Yeah. You know, and I know that we've talked about this. Yeah, um, a lot. Uh, yeah, quite a bit. Um, but, you know, really kind of, how do, how do you do that? You know, how do you rally your team around something that's super near and dear to your heart you know, as a business owner, um, but how do you call, you know, your staff into that, that mission, you know, yeah. and something that is really hard to do. Yeah. And for us, I mean, that's, that's a whole, a really big part of why even this podcast exists for us. You know, mm-hmm. we have, uh, you know, 350 plus staff. And so we're trying to figure out like, how do yeah, we, that's crazy. how in the world do we talk to our, to our, the most important people in our company, which is yes. our, our in-store staff. Like 100%. they're the ones that are interacting with guests. They're the ones that are actually making the difference every single 100. day. Um, you know, just in that interaction that they have thousands of times a day with guests. And so how in the world do you actually take that, that deep rooted like connection with something and go like, this is, how I want you to see the world through yeah. my eyes. You yeah. Know? Um, so like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you perceive that or how do you yeah. see that happening? You know? Yeah. One thing that just kind of came to my mind was a story I heard recently. So like, this is obviously on an extreme level, but if you were on a flight to some um, keynote speech you were giving across country and something oh, like a Gary Vee, like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. A, like a Gary Vee and you, and you, uh, and something happened with your team or maybe, you know, I don't know what, what, what that specific would be. And you rerouted your flight, canceled the keynote cost you, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars to come back and have an HR moment with your team member that really, really needed it. You know, like a heart moment with your team member that would be, that's an extreme version of it, yeah. but, um, that would make that team member feel very, very important and valued. Right. And believe in you as the person yeah. connect with you and then they connect with the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the strategies, like if you can just do that on a, a, like a micro level, obviously multiple times, then, then they'll feel really, really connected. Yeah. It's interesting with your guys' business cause you've got so many locations and the people are spread out over, you know, over miles, totally. um, that where ours, we just have the two locations. And so it's, it's easy to connect, you, but you can reach out and touch everybody yep. and actually yep. physically impact them. And I still feel like we don't do it enough, you totally. know, uh, and, but even the littlest thing, you know, just telling someone they're proud of you know, that you're proud of them or that you're showing interest in what they're doing at school or, you know, or their kids or something like that. But, and mm-hmm. it's got to come from the heart. Like it's just not, it's not a fake thing. You either kind of, you either have it or you don't, you either yeah. care for another human being or you don't, then you just have to be, you just have to show that care to your team and that'll just resonate. Yeah. And so, I mean, one thing for us is instilling like a, an intrinsic value into like a a staff member, like barista, like what is, what is it that they are accomplishing in a day through making a cup of coffee and handing it to someone? Like, what is that actually doing in the world? That's it. You know, and painting that picture and that, and that's hard to do because you're trying to quantify that in some meaningful way. But for us, I mean, it's almost like a butterfly effect mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. where, I mean, human beings just want to connect and they want to like be seen. And our guests, I mean, speaking about our guests, like I, I come through a Woods Coffee or I come through Overflow Taps, I'm looking for some sort of connection. Right? Right. I'm looking for like someone to, to show me value or to, to show me that I'm, I am valued or that I'm important or that I matter in some way. Yep. And so that's why um, I love the similarities in what we both do in our different companies um, because we're both sort of targeting this bigger narrative, which is we play a small part in a really big story. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? That's it. And so that's you can't discount that. It's not like, oh, I'm just serving coffee or oh, I'm just serving beer. Yeah. Like there's so much more there. And so you got to start to unpack it for people. Yeah. 
Um, have you been able to do that much? Like, yeah. and then how to communicate that, right? So like, yeah, narrative. Yeah. The narrative is, is hard. And so we, we actually, I actually feel that, um, in the beginning we did it really well. I think there's a cycle on how this works. So mm-hmm. in the beginning we're really small. I'm standing, I'm working behind the bar 30, 40, 50 hours a week. Same with my, my business partners. And so you're there all the time. You're able to convey that message to your guests. You are the beer tender. I am the beer tender. And I'm just directly talking with the guests and connecting them to the cause, right? So every event I'm up on, up on a little stage in our, in our space. We have one location. And I'm talking always about the charity and connecting people always to the, to the mission. Um, and then as you start to focus more on the business uh, versus being in the business, you start to step away from that a little bit. Yeah. And you, you, as you move away from that, maybe new customers who come in get a little bit disconnected or they're definitely not as connected as the original customers that, that came in from in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And then you start to realize, Oh no, like we're not doing a very good job at this. Yeah. Let's refocus on this. So it's just a constant self-evaluation of how are we doing the, how are we doing with this in our business? And you can kind of see the thing. So it's like, if you start losing you start losing some regulars, you start losing some team members, which just seems kind of odd, or you lose a couple at the same time, then you're, started, you're starting to ask these questions. Um, and hopefully you're getting that information in like one-on-ones and stuff, but you're starting to get these, these questions answered. You're like, okay, we need to refocus on the mission of the business and actually be able to connect the team members to that cause. So like for us, it might be as simple as what I want to start doing for our team members is donating a portion, like our company would donate a little bit for each employee that each, I even hate the word employee, each, each team member, mm-hmm. um, and under their email address. So then the charity would communicate to them as they're making progress on their well. So they would be getting those updates through our charity. Gotcha. And I think that would really help them feel connected to the charity. Yeah. Um, and then with our guests, what I want to do, and you and I've talked about this a lot with our guests, what I want to do, because I'm not there every day connecting them to the cause, I want to change kind of the flow within our space so that way the first time you're there from the time you walk in to the time you, you walk out the door or the time you walk in and sit down and enjoy your first pint, you know what's going on within the social good side of the business. Yeah. That's an area where we're not doing a very good job at within our spaces and to some degree even on social media. So that's, that's and again, that's that cycle I was talking about. Yeah. We're coming back to it and saying, okay, we're not doing this well enough. Let's, let's start really focusing on this. Yeah, and so it sounds like you're talking about how, how do we tell our story in a way that, that's it. that is going to bring people into it, mm-hmm. right? That's it. And there's different levels of that, too, because um, you've got different levels of involvement in the story. Right. Like, what's the guest's role, yeah. you know, in the story? And then what's your... your um, your bar, what's your, what do you call them? Bartenders? Not beer bar- tenders. Beer tenders. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just respect? We're going to merge the two right now. Yeah. Little side note. We're just going to be uh, beeristas. Yeah. Beeristas. That? <laughs> that'll be, that'll be our new business together. Yeah. We'll hire, well, we'll it's hire just the way that we can talk about our staff, all yeah, of our beeristas. Beeristas. Right? Um, so our beeristas, like what role do they play? You know, yeah. when they, when they show up to work, what's the thing that they're adding to the story? Yeah. You know, so your guests have a role, your, your beeristas have a role. And then you as an owner have a role, yeah. you know, and then everyone in between. And one, so like yeah. you have to narrate for everybody though yeah. in all these different places. Yeah. And one thing you just kind of made me think about was we really focus on making, communicating to our guests that they're the hero in this, in this kind of story, this narrative yep. that we're creating, which you and I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. We do it with our team members, but maybe not as much. So I might do it uh, at, um, you know, in a message or I might do it at like a yearly, you know, holiday party or something. But now what I'm thinking about is, is really making sure that they feel just as much uh, of a hero as our guests do, because yeah. the reality is everything flows through the beer tenders, you know? So yeah, this is great conversation right now. Yeah. And, and that all stems from the story brand framework, yep. uh, building a story brand with Donald Miller, um, man. And it makes a lot of sense. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah it's, so yeah, taking like, how, and that, and that's the whole point, right? Like if, if you as a business owner or you as overflow taps, if you are the hero, no one else can can be a part of that because you're the one living that dream and it's yeah. your thing, right? You're like, yeah, we're crushing it, man. Like we're selling beer, we're building wells, yeah, you know, all work. that stuff. And then no one else is really a part of it. So they're no. like, cool, man. Like I'm stoked on what you're doing, but like, what's, what's my job in that? What's my role? Yeah. Right? And so actually like communicating the fact that me as a person who just shows up to overflow taps, I buy a pint of beer 
boom, like that had just contributed to something bigger. And now I have a role to play in that. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. And so in your case, it's almost a little easier it is. than ours. Cause yep. for us, like our guests don't necessarily have like this role like that where yeah. it's like, Hey, buy a cup of coffee and build a well. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not happening. Um, but ultimately, you know, creating that narrative for a guest, what are they stepping into? You know, yeah. obviously, you know, we have a charitable side of our business too, that, that people can step into on, on various occasions. But, um, but what's the thing that, that this cup of coffee is doing for them in a day, you know, yeah. or what are they, what are they in, essentially, what are they embodying when they step into a woods coffee or an overflow taps? So I just think those are just like the coolest questions to ask yeah. ever. Cause it's like, now you're literally giving your guests an identity yes. that they can put on like a sweatshirt, yep. you know, like boom, overflow taps, sweatshirt, yes. woods coffee. Oh, I'm wearing it right now. Yep. Woods coffee sweatshirt. You know what I mean? And that means something because of what you're doing. 100%. Not just because it's a cool sweatshirt, but because, hey, this sweatshirt represents wells being yeah. drilled. This sweatshirt represents community being happened, hap- community happening in an environment, you know, that you've created. Yeah. So these people feel seen, they feel, they feel valued. And I'm putting on the sweatshirt because I feel like I'm part of this community. And that's I feel the like game. we're doing good things, right? Yep. I feel like that's, that's it. And so how do we, you know, cultivate that and just let it grow and, and create opportunities for people to step in to yeah. the story? Yeah. What's funny is I almost feel like you could correlate that to merch sales. So like if your merch sales start to dip <laughs> down, if you know, you know, 15, 20% or something, you're like, wait yeah. a minute. That's Who's in be- the tribe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our tribe members aren't buying the merch. Yeah, They're tri- not in the tribe. Yeah, exactly. That'd be kind of an interesting way to look at it. But um, I do want to give a little piece of like tactful, um, tactical advice while we're here. For because I just met with someone yesterday who I meet a lot of people now who want to start tap houses, right? And I'm sure it's the same for you guys sometimes about coffee places, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone wants to start a a, a beer spot. And one piece of advice that I would give that we didn't listen to in the very beginning was, you know, you can give a little bit less at the start. So I I believe in the social good model. I really believe in that model. Um, But you can give a little at the start and then grow how much you give versus give a lot in the beginning and and then have to feel the effects of that moving forward. Because that's that's a situation that we're in right now is we've we've given a lot over the last three years. Totally. Which is is great, but now we're looking back and saying, okay, well, you know, we want to grow a little bit here within this business. And if we keep giving it all away, um, we're not necessarily going to be able to make it to be able to keep building the wells. And that's what it's all about, right? Is being able to build more wells. You've got to stay in business to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so just like an example I have would be uh, my buddy Leo, who is a, a realtor. Um, he, start, he started off by donating $500 a house sale to Charity Water. And I said, we were at dinner with him and his wife, my wife and I, and I said, you know, you could do $100. And people will still feel, they'll still feel awesome about the $100 that you give. And so the one piece of advice I would give is, is we're very grateful for what's happened so far. But the one piece of advice I would give is if you're going to start giving from the get-go, give a little bit. And then as things start to go, then give a little bit more. You know, give what you can kind of type gig. So yeah. for any listeners out there. Yeah, that's super smart because, I mean, you're basically, if you're giving too much, you're sabotaging the very thing that is going to generate more yeah. give. Yeah. Right? And so you have to be able to essentially run a tight ship and, and you have to profit before the charity can profit. 100%. Yeah. Otherwise, you go away and then the charity gets nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Or you go away and the charity got everything, which would, be, <laughs> which would not be good but it either. Won't, but yeah. it won't continue. Correct. That stops. Correct. When you, Correct. Go, when you go out of business, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's super smart. And, and as a business owner and starting a business from scratch, I mean, uh, you're poor at the very beginning. Very it's poor. like, dude, you've poured everything into this. And we've talked about this on the podcast of like, th- there's no like, I know there's, there's these sort of ideas like, oh, you're, if you're a business owner, you must like be well off yeah. or something. There's some business I, yeah, I really dislike that. that. It's, like, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. You're probably the, the poorest dude in the room yeah. because you poured everything into the shop. But, um, I almost use the word hate there, but I, I, but I really dislike that, <laughs> that thought process. It's, it's, I, th- I think there is a perception that if you own a business, and it's especially if it's a couple or a few years in yeah. that you're doing really, really, really well. And the reality is, is, I mean, I haven't collected a salary in a year and that's not because I'm trying to, 
it's not poor me, poor me. I'm like, my family is fine. Um, we're in a position where we can do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but the reality is that's what's needed to be done in order to make this business grow. And it was actually very comforting. I was at a, um, uh, a wedding recently and, um, and Wes, uh, was there and he, he had either seen a post, I don't know where he, where he got this information, but he mentioned to me that, Hey, I wanted to let you know that, that I didn't collect anything from, from Woods Coffee for, you know, a certain amount of locations. And, and it made me feel it kind of comforted me a little bit because yeah. the decision that I'm making is valid, but, and that's happening with so many business owners out there. They're just not taking anything from the business because the less that you take, the more successful, hopefully your business will be. Mm-hmm. You can uh, take that, what would have been your salary or whatever and pour it back in and yeah. then grow it to a point where you can healthily start to take a salary yeah. and it's not going to cat, you know, catastrophically, plummet the business yeah because you're you're taking all the profit and all the reinvestment opportunity yeah it goes into my pocket yeah Yeah, it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah and so i love that man i love i loved just the the brutal honesty of saying like (laughs) don't believe the hype or don't believe the instagram version of success because it's it's that's not real like you have to look at the nitty-gritty like like the work that has to go in and the sacrifice that has to go in um, for everything to work. And then as you grow, you know, that stuff starts to work out and location number three comes and then four and then five down the road. And now you're like, okay, like we're making a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, and now we have a little bit more wiggle room to actually make things work. And, and now it's a profitable business. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, Wes and, and his family, now my family, you know, they, they went through that early on. We've been in business now for like almost 18 years. And so the, the, every pathway is the same. Like our journey is the exact same journey that you're on as far as business ownership. Um, so true. And, and you can't really get away from the fact that you just have to put in the time and you have to put in the effort and the sacrifice to make it happen because otherwise it won't. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. one else is going to do that work. No. And you've got to just constantly be changing. I mean, you've got to be adapting. So it's like, so it's like, you know, we're three and a half years in and we're adding food, you know, yeah. and we added bottle fridge to be able to sell bottles to go. It's just like, what can we do to constantly change our business to be able to stay attractive to our guests? Because people do like to move on to kind of the new shiny, the shiny object. Totally. You know? So it's like mm-hmm. the new thing opens, they go there, they do their, do their thing. Yeah. Um, so it's, we've got to be able to evolve as a company to be able to get creative about how to bring in some extra revenue for the company so we can actually grow, you know? Yeah. And so not just staying back on your heels and not being ready to, to, to pivot, at least for us, um, is, is really, is really something that, that we're doing now that we're really grasping. Yeah. You brought up something to you a couple minutes ago too, where it's like, um, you know, business is a struggle. It but is. But then other people see you like, Hey, I want to open up a tap house. And then they come to you for advice. Right. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> you have that thought in your head. You're like, what should I tell them? <laughs> yeah. I'm so transparent about it too. I know. And that's the coolest give them the thing keys ever. To the castle. That's the coolest thing ever. And I, I think that's right. That's so right. I mean, the same thing with us, you know, uh, coffee shops pop up, you know, and they're, they're shiny and they're brand new and, and, you know, people go to them. Awesome. Like we are stoked on that because it's now it's not just about woods and Starbucks or woods and whatever other, you know, competitor. Now it's about like coffee culture and building a really good like coffee ecosystem or beer ecosystem. And in Bellingham, like a lot of the breweries have uh sort of locked arms and said like let's let's be more of a co you know a coalition that's definitely the <laughs> or culture. like you know more of a cohort a, to to learn from each other and grow mm-hmm. and sharpen each other and everybody benefits in that model 100 whereas you know if you're just gonna say no i've learned all these things and i'm gonna keep them to myself and like maybe even sabotage these other guys that's gonna ultimately tank you yeah because now you're the guy who is basically the 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 guy that everyone else is going after? Yeah. <laughs> so we want to take yeah. that guy down because because it's just wrong and, and it's just selfish, right? Yeah. So what do you? We're so you're obviously an open book. You share yeah. everything, um, and I love that. But what like where's your mind at in all of that? In that like, conversation, why do you do that? Yeah. So the reason why I do it is because when we started Overflow, 
we asked for a lot of help. Totally. We worked with breweries. We worked with tap houses. We met with tap house owners, brewery owners, restaurant owners to just get all the questions answered so we could be as prepared as possible to open up the tap house. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we had a good understanding of margins, which we probably wouldn't have had people not weren't, if they weren't transparent with us, you know, and, um, and, and people gave us operational advice and what POSs they use. And just really, there's no reason to go into it blind when pe- most people are willing to give you advice if you just ask it. You know, um, and so that's one of the reasons why one is just the human that I am. The other is, is people did it for me. So now I want to do it for them in return. So we may not give some kind of, we may not give a, uh, you know, like if we have a spreadsheet, that's like our magic, we may not give that piece out, but tactical advice on how to start a business or start a tap house or if, or help you answer the question on whether or not you should start one or not. Um, is something I, I love to do for people. And, and we'll, I'll just tell them how it is. You know, I'll tell them, I'll tell them how much money we're making, how much it started, how much it costs to make one or I'm sorry, to open one, the first one and the second one. Um, I'll talk about partnerships and strengths that you need to have in order for it to be successful. Cause ultimately what it comes down to is I can tell a person anything, but if their ownership isn't solid, if the foundation isn't strong, yeah. they're not going to make it either way. Yeah. So, or their work ethic or yeah. just, just, so they might open one, you know, and, and, uh, but if they don't have, if they don't have a marketing plan or that's the big one for tap houses, they don't have some kind of marketing strategy and, um, and they don't have, and they have poor ownership. It's not going to make it either way, whether I gave them the keys to the castles or not, you know, if if I didn't give them the keys to the castle and they're good, it's good ownership, they're going to figure it out and do well anyway. Winners win. Yeah. You're more like giving them the plans to build their own castle, right? Like, Hey, yeah, go do it, man. Here, here's here's yep. everything I learned the hard way. I hope you don't have to learn it that way. Yeah, you know, there's a um, few things we don't give out, but um, I think any business does that. You know, we've got we got a few things that do give us a bit of an advantage. Adam's very very smart um, uh, when it comes to the book. Well, everything when it comes to that was about <laughs> to lead into a bad thing, but um, yeah, I mean, really smart. And so we've got some procedures and and some documents that we work on that really help our business. And we don't share that kind of stuff, but most businesses figure that stuff out on their own. If they've got yeah. good, good, good head on their shoulders. Another area that you and I kind of, um, bro out on mm-hmm. <laughs> is kind mm-hmm. of the marketing. And so obviously my role in woods is all about marketing, all about yeah, sort of how, how we're storytelling, how we are, um, bringing people into that story and, and all of that and all the little details associated with it. Whereas, you know, you guys are, are a startup and you're smaller and you are basically doing everything. You are the marketing team. You yep. are everything. Right. Um, but we're able to, to kind of talk through, um, man, like what's working for you yeah. right now? What are some cool, you know, digital strategies that you see? um, that are kind of hot or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then play it, play off each other and what's working for you, what's working for us. And like, yeah. it's cool. Cause it's not only like coffee and beer, it's like culture and culture. Oh, is it the same culture? It kind of is. It's kind of the same. It really thing. is. It's just like a daytime and a nighttime thing. Mm-hmm. And we've even talked about having like one space where we share that. Yeah. St- I still want to do that. Yeah. That, so yeah, cool. it does kind of make sense. <laughs> um, yeah. Our, our, the coffee kind of dwindles off during the day. Yeah. It comes in. That'd be, it'd just be yeah. Perfect. It's been fun to watch your guys' brand actually. Um, especially in recent years, as far as what's being portrayed on social media, there's definitely been a, a uh, I think it seems like there's definitely a, um, a push. I don't even know if it's a push. I think it's probably your, your customer base that's doing it, but that are really starting to post a lot about a lot, a lot of photos with your coffee out adventuring, doing that kind of thing, which gives you content to be able to use to connect with your, your fan base. And that's been pretty, that's been pretty rad to see. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, um, within the story brand framework is Mm -hmm. like these images of what life should look like. Yeah. In our context. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's what does great. success, like that word success is kind of weird, yeah. but like what does quote the good life look like with, with a woods coffee in your hand? Like, what is that? Yeah. Define it. You know, like, yeah, like for us, it's like, it's like, this is just like a, a thing that is the first part of an adventure for us. You know, like, like your day is full of adventure yeah. and we, and we figure out all that language. Like, like, what is it? Like, Everybody is on some sort of adventure today. Yep. And obviously our, our brand is, is all about, um, you know, 
tr- like Pacific Northwest trees and adventure and hikes and all that kind of stuff and really mm-hmm. outdoory, outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you tie like this, this rooted thing of like my, my day and my adventure into this outdoor feel, this Pacific Northwest vibe. Um, and so that's basically over the last couple of years, that's what we've done is trying to figure out how, how a guest in woods would live their life, you know, or how they already are and just tell the story and like, and bring other people into it. Um, so now it's like every stinking day is an adventure for you. It's just like, what kind of adventure are you going to take today? Right. Are you, are you going to work? Cause that's an adventure. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, Mm -hmm. I mean, in the context of the things that we've just been talking about, like, we don't know what's going to happen today. You know, just today I I found out I forgot about a meeting that I'm supposed to have today and I'm not ready for it. (laughs) That's a crazy adventure, man. So anyways, you know, what is the guest, what's their journey? What does Mm -hmm. it look like? And what's the story we're telling? Yeah. Because, um, it's not about making up a story. It's about telling like what is real and what is happening. Yeah. So then on Instagram, you see people in the woods context holding a woods cup in the middle of a forest and you're like, dude, that's epic. Like, Mm -hmm. and now, and we didn't go out and take that picture. Yeah. It's not staged. It's not us. Like it's, it's our actual culture. It's our actual guests going out and, and being the culture, doing what they do and us just sharing it and saying like, yeah, yeah, you guys are like living it. Like, Awesome, yeah, like that. Like, and that's our our way of just celebrating people. Like I mean, a in lot. your context, though, it's like <laughs> you can't have beer everywhere. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I thought about that a lot. Yeah, I thought about that a lot. You don't see a lot of like, you know, pictures of with guests with pint glasses out in the woods, you know, or something like that. Um, well, dude, you could be the first. I know. One of the things <laughs> I've thought. I mean, you can see you can see it with like you see it with like growlers and a few other things, you know. Yeah. That, but most of it's breweries posting about their own stuff. But um, one thing that um, that I've kind of thought about with, with overflow is, uh, where was I going with this? I don't know, but I just Darn got this it. image in my mind of like something different. Okay. So hear me out for a second. All right. Let's hear this. Sorry. I totally cut you off, no, this is but great. your brain went, I was about anyway. to go. Yeah. I was about to um, forget, which happens. So what if instead of wells for water, you were able to <laughs> do a tap in the middle of a city <laughs> Right. Where it's like, hey, this is the drinking. This, this is, is the, the drinking, drinking fountain. <laughs> but it's like the <laughs> it's beer. It's beer. Oh man, I don't you, think that would go over you would very screw well. Over that city, real quick. I think. Yeah, I don't know if that would go over very okay, well. Okay, so water is way more important. Well, one thing I've noticed. This is what I was going to say. One of the things I've noticed on social media for us, specifically Instagram, is if we post a photo of uh, just a beer on like on the bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does okay. And it's not about the likes, really. I don't want to get too far into that because because I think you should post the things like what you're saying. So if you guys are posting things that are connecting people to your brand and they're reposting things and it's not getting all the likes and stuff, that doesn't really matter. It's still the things that your customer base is, is resonating with. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we've noticed is is uh, just a simple pint on a bar does a, you know does okay. Uh, a pint where a, a team member is holding it and someone snapped a picture of them does a little better. A pint selfie does really, really, really well. Um, and so it kind of ties back to what you were saying about, um, about uh, their adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think a, a, a guest can see themselves holding a beer. Yeah, how do they enter the story? Yeah. I can see myself doing that. With yeah. That girl, if that girl's holding, the, holding a, a glass of beer, and she's looks stoked about it. Yep. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah. That's something we've noticed a lot is just, yep. the, just the beer photos. You got to, I mean, you got to do, you, you got to do what you can do. And so we don't, we can't always, we're not always around people to do those types of photos, but that's something we've really noticed is. Yeah. And that's something too, that, um, you know, with woods, like for us, um, we, over the years, I mean, we obviously put a ton of effort into coffee. Like, we are a coffee shop, and coffee is what we do. Um, but over the years, like, you you, you start to see um, the thing you, that you're serving as simply the mechanism for a community or for that lifestyle to happen. That's it. Um, not, not to detract from it, because it still really is, like, super important. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to nail it. Like... I know you don't make the beer, but the beer has to be great it has for people to, to show up. The product has to be great. The coffee has to be great. Mm-hmm. Like we have to get that right, um, but we can't stop there, mm-hmm. and we can't assume that just because the coffee is great or the beer is great that people are going to come or people are going to 
like be able to assimilate into that culture because yep. that's not enough. It's like not there enough has at all. to be a culture and a humanity surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be actively inviting people into that. And so that's, this is like an area where I feel like a lot of coffee shops sort of get it wrong, where it's like all about the coffee. Every image is a, is a coffee bean, a coffee bean yep. or a latte with, with latte art, like yep. a really nice, you know, photo but but where does the guest find themselves in that like yeah. where's the human aspect of it right and what's what's the identity that they're able to put on because of that yeah um or where can they find connection that's what i was just talking about with the with the with the the likes on social media so yeah. that latte art photo might do really 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 well because it is cool yeah and like, then you awesome. might you might think as a business owner or, a, or maybe a cmo or something that that that's the direction we need to go because that photo just got a lot of likes. But the reality is that there's, there's, I mean, where's the, the guest can't really be a part of that photo. Yeah. You know, maybe some baristas, you know, totally. some baristas could probably be a well, part of that. Well, and that's the thing too. And, and for us, it's like, what's like the most important thing we have? What's the thing that sets us apart from anywhere else? And it's, it's our staff. Like it's our people because mm-hmm. they're just great people and they're genuinely, stoked to serve people well mm-hmm. and to connect in that level um while serving coffee obviously they have thousands of things to do in a day but but that connection is really important and so if we just showed a cup of coffee like we're we've now discarded yep. all of that good stuff that we're actually really working hard to create in our yep. business um so i think a lot about so we that we need to show that you know why I aren't think we a lot about that, that showing the connection piece um, and you can't just be like snapping photos of, of all your customers. Yeah. But um, kind of what we've found is that guests are doing that anyway. They're doing it. So what, how about we just kind of celebrate that and share their stuff? Because that's where it's happening. And that's real. Like that's the actual stuff that's going on. So yeah. share it. Letting the market dictate dictate how you, how you just. Dis- how we market. Yep. How you market. That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me. That's cool, man. Right? That's a phrase right there. That's a Jesse Nelson. (laughs) Let the market dictate how you market. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that before. That's definitely... I mean, I I always think about letting the market uh, dictate your prices. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, But letting the market dictate how you market. I mean, just watching what they're doing, all that. Spend a lot of time on social media just watching how people are interacting with our content, Mm -hmm. going into their profiles and seeing what they're doing. And like... Because I want to see what our our customer base is actually doing so that we have a better understanding on how to connect with them on a, on a deeper level. Right. And that might even go to where, to where, um, I see them at the tap house and I know something about them that I, that I maybe would not have known had I not been on their profile, you know, yeah, like if you hadn't been stalking them, might have, I hadn't been stalking <laughs> them, but I think you have to do that. I really think you have yeah. to do that. You have to spend time there. Well, it's, um, it shows your level of investment into your culture. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned a second ago was, would you say coffee is a commodity? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So is craft beer. Yeah. So when you have a product that is a commodity, you have to figure out a way to stand out and connect people to something other than that commodity, which is basically what you were just talking about with, with, uh, you could have a good product, you have good coffee, but since coffee is a commodity, you're not the only coffee place in a, in a 200 mile radius you have to right. really get creative about how you connect people to your brand. It always has to be a thought. It can never, like we have a good product, but we just, it's a commodity. You can get craft beer anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be constantly thinking about how do we connect people to what we do? How do we connect people to the mission? And how do we, how do we make them, truly make them the hero in some kind of story so that way they don't just think of our spot as a commodity? Yeah, you know? totally. And a lot, yeah, it, you know, as you start to talk about, like, especially in your case, and I start to think about that, um, you're serving the exact same product as like the dude down the street, essentially. 100%. So are we. Yeah. Um, but, but like any brewery, like you're serving the brewery's beer and they are serving their own beer too. Mm -hmm. But I think something cool about like the tap house is I don't, I can go to one place and get a variety of different yeah. um, beers and I don't have to get the, only the beer from that brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, but deeper than that is that you're creating um, like this curation, like a curated list of, cause that's one thing that, yeah. that is tough for me. Like, I, I mean, I like beer, like I can't drink it all the time, but for me, like um, I kind of want someone to curate it for me. 
Yeah, I, I want that. that. I want someone who knows what they're doing to be able to tell me what's good and then, and curate a list for me and go, this, this are kind of like the top five that we've found. We've been out tasting everything. Here it is. And it's like, Phew. so now you've got this model where it's like, well, I want to go there because I feel like they've already done all the work for me. That's how it should be. That's exactly right. It's yeah. like if you, if you, if I believe, I don't remember exactly what the data is, but if you make a suggestion to someone, if you suggest a, a beer to them, so maybe you figure out a style. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you normally drink? I like IPA as well. This IPA is, I really, even if you say something as, as even if you haven't even tasted that beer, <laughs> you say this IPA is phenomenal. The are you know, the other customers love this and, and, and the, the, the odds of them buying that beer or that IPA or at least tasting it are much higher than, than if you didn't make that suggestion. Yeah, because now you've validated it in some way. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just think that's a, that's a huge leg up for a, for a tap house. Yeah. Um, of just kind of having this curated list of here are all the top beers from that whole area. Yeah, um, and, and we've got a guy. So we've got, we've got, so Adam, the other business owner, he curates the tap list. He's, he does... All the beer, everything beer in the business. So we make our team and even myself might say, "Hey, this is a beer that we saw that we we want to see if you can get." But I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the curation is done by Adam, and that's a that's a critical role. Totally. It goes back to what I was talking about earlier with if you're trying to start a tap house and that's not a strength of yours, and then you're depending on distributors to make the decisions for you. Yeah. you're not you're not going to be curating the best you know tap list that you can. Yeah, because I mean, a distributor—they're—they're they're gonna sell what they what they distribute, yeah, and what they want to sell you, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, what's and in you, their best interest, yeah. I mean, not and, yours. Right, and rightfully so, and rightfully yeah, totally. so, you know, they're a business as well. So, yeah, having an understanding about beer, being able to curate a tap list, and that's something I think about too. So, the the story you just gave me just now about uh, about curating tap lists, and there's a selection at a tap house, and and it's been curated for you, and someone helps you make the decision. That's something that I've been thinking quite a bit on in the marketing strategy because it's not just about someone holding a beer. In our market, it is also about the beer that was just put on. You know, yeah. that beer that no one, that people don't, don't know about, and they, but they've heard about it and they haven't had a chance to get it yet. So then it's combining all those. Maybe it's having a beer tender hold that beer and then you talk about that beer. We have yeah. to figure out a way to be able to show the things that have been tapped on a regular basis. Yeah, highlighting the curated list, but then also inviting your guests into it. Like yeah. this is like, like this is the best stuff we've found. Come and enjoy it. Like, yeah. Versus like, trying to throw. Oh, sorry. Versus trying to throw a right hook. Right. Versus trying to make a, a make a trying to sell them on it. Really. Yeah. It's more about how are you serving people by curating the list. That's it. You know what I mean? Like not come buy our beer. But hey, we've we've created this for you. We've crafted this list for you. Yeah. And we've done a ton of work to get it to this point for you. Like this this is for you. Yeah. Like, this is a gift. Um, you know, come on in and, and we'd love to give it to you. Yeah. You know, rather than come buy beer. Yeah, we're constantly trying to curate a, a list that we think are our um our guests will love totally it's not about us I mean, there's so many of those beers up there i've never even tasted before yeah you know so we don't get well, to taste all always, the ones that go on so so one of the, the things i love about what you guys do is i'm able to not ever have to think about it i don't ever have to think about beer i mean i'm consumed thinking about coffee i don't need to think about beer too <laughs> right so i can show up and i know like okay all these are going to be good yeah because you guys have done the work. Appreciate that. And I, I think, and there's always something I've never even heard of on the board where it's like, it's not just the breweries that are around here. It's like you've gone and like, you know, done some research outside the area, brought stuff in and it's like, okay, like I'm just going to give this a shot. And I've discovered some, some beers that I've just loved yeah. because of that, you know, yeah. where you, and I, if That's I was going trust. to our brewery, if I was going to the breweries locally here, like uh, that's all I get. Yeah, you know, which is all great stuff. Like we've got some stinking killer breweries. In the town more here, you but, trust us, the yeah. more you'll be willing to try the things that we suggest. Totally. Most people, not most, but there's a lot of people who came in that didn't like. They really wanted like a Bud Light or a Coors, Coors Light, which we don't sell, right? And so, how to get them to to taste the Pilsner and then introduce them into an amber and introduce them into an IPA. Then, then the more they trust us, the more they're willing to try that barrel aged brown ale. They would, ale they would have never tried before, but because yeah. they trust us, they'll take a sip of it and like, Oh, I really like this. Now all of a sudden they're a brown ale fan. <laughs> so the more trust that you can gain, um, the better off it is for expanding the palates. Yeah. And it's better for your guests. Like you're, you're ultimately doing it for them and you're, you're 
taking them on this sort of beer journey, which is super cool. And no one's going to do that themselves. You know, like they're not going to travel all over the place. No. Um, but you're kind of doing that for them. And I think there's significant value there and I don't know how you, you're going to push into that, but, but that's, that's super cool. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Market too. Wait, what was that line again? Uh, let Let your market, let the market define how you market. Yeah. Define how you market. That's clutch, man. I'm going to figure, I'm going to, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to LinkedIn right when we're done here and I'm putting that on. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> you can type that in. Dang it. Someone already used it. Yeah. Let the market define how you market. Um, ma'am, I think, uh, you know, we, we've kind of covered a lot of ground yeah. here today. Um, and I think this conversation has been stellar, man. Thanks for coming. I appreciate um, it. But also I just wanted to kind of, um, kind of get to a little bit just real quickly about, um, just kind of the, behind the scenes like we talk okay let me let me start over we talk a lot about inner narrative like what's the what's the thing that's sort of driving your thinking on any given day right and if you and if you sort of leave thoughts in your mind they start to tend to go negative usually like most people for me even me especially like even positive thoughts yeah whatever it is like like what's your thinking strategy how do you keep your brain healthy It's, it's impact so the way that I, the way I think about my life is impact. Mm. So if just you, I'm going to touch a couple things because uh, you talked about kind of negative thoughts. So if or if some, you hold on to something so long, it might turn can, can turn negative. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or you just you have an internal internal dialogue. Yep. that's like I'm not worth it. Like yep, I can't it. do it. Like those kinds of things. That's it. And the, and so I'm speaking you know to our staff and things like this mm-hmm. where it's like like how are you managing your mindset to actually make impact. I like the word impact. We have a job to do. We have a calling on that job and a mission around it. Yeah. Um, how do you protect it with your brain? Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta, you first have to figure that out in your personal life before you can actually even Mm -hmm. try to do it within the job that you have. Right. And so it's, if you have those, those thoughts kind of creep in, like for me, I'm thinking about what is my purpose in life? So if you can figure out what your purpose is in life and really work on that, what is my purpose in life? And you can always resort to that. So for me, my purpose is impact. I want to impact someone. Like I walked in here today and, and what was your name again? Mark. Mark. I met Mark for the first time. I won't yeah. forget your name now. <laughs> um, and the first thing I wanted to do was think about some way that I can impact him in a positive way. And it's not something which I haven't done yet, but I'm going to. Uh, it's something that, that <laughs> is, it, it's, it's almost can be perceived as a strategy, but it's just the way that I'm wired and I want to do that all the time. So if I start to think and I do have that where like, I'll think maybe I'm not doing, maybe I'm not, um, I'm not working hard enough. That's a big one for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm always like, I'm not working hard. I'm not working hard enough. And then, so what I've now started to do is I just want to win each day. I just want to win the day. And so, so you're taking I, it to a smaller victory, which means I just want to win the moment. Yeah. So in this moment, I'm having this thought in my head, but I want to win this battle right now in my head. How do I win this battle? I'm going to focus on my purpose, which is impact. You know, and so strategy might be for me of just looking at a video um, of a charity water video, and all of a sudden I feel my purpose again, and yeah. now I'm refired up to go do my thing. Totally. You know, or message the wife and and tell her I love her and get that message back, and then just what's my purpose in life? Um, I think that's kind of how I how I navigate that. Impact is a big one for me. Yeah, that's good, and I like how you kind of gave a little strategy there too. It's not like your overall giant macro impact. Right. Right. It's not, right. it's not, what is my life's goal? Correct. Or, you know, it was like all the way down to the minute. Yeah. Like, like bring it all the way down. Like what's my impact for this moment? Yeah. That's, that's huge. And now you're actually chopping it up into bite-sized pieces that over time will obviously add up to that big thing, yeah. but it's not about the big thing. No. That's sort of the outcome. But how do you do the little things? Well, that's it you know, every day. That's it. And then, am I impacting? Like if I just think in this moment, in this very moment, am I impacting another person? Like for another strategy would be like for, in our case would be like a beer tender. And, um, maybe they're not, maybe they're having an off day and they've got a, Mm -hmm. they've got a guest sitting at the bar and just thinking like, am I, am what's my purpose in life for me would be impact. So it's like, am I impacting this person in a positive way right now? Yeah. I'm not then flip the script and now I'm impacting this person in a positive way. And then I start feeling good about Which that. Which is positive for you 100%, as well. 100%. Yeah. Giving it's, it's, a, it's like a, such a weird upside down thing, but like by giving, by creating impact in other people that it creates an impact on your life too. Absolutely. And, the, and you shouldn't feel bad about that. That it's a, it's, I always, I, I, I say that's kind of a selfish thing. It's kind of a selfish thing for me 
I feel for me, I'm doing these things actually helps me feel better. I'm not doing them because they make me feel better, even though that's what's it's happening. Byproduct. It's a byproduct. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of a selfish feeling to be like, all right, I'm feeling really good. I did a lot of good things today for people. You know, we mm-hmm. donated $6,000 to a well makes me feel very, very, very good inside. Yeah. Or writing a thousand dollar check or something to like some nonprofit here in town or something mm-hmm. like that. And it impacts a human's life in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, if those things make me feel good and it, actually this business has really helped me helped me understand my purpose it's like every time we do something special really special or someone it's not always money i use money as an example just now but anytime we can touch someone's life in a positive way i feel something inside of me and mm-hmm. then i know this is what i'm meant to do yeah and you're bringing it down even just to the hey i'm gonna learn this guy's name i'm gonna learn hey hey yeah. mark mark like, yeah so now you know yeah. mark and so now you're yeah. like i'm gonna dedicate my mind yeah. in this moment to to learning about him and, and you know and actually how do I make a difference in this moment? He's got a hat on right now with an M on it, and that's how I'm going to forever remember his name. M for Mark. Yep. And Makeworth Market. There's like lots of M's there. Mark likes Makeworth Market. That's like one of those <laughs> little... I like Makeworth Market too, Mark. I like this cross-promotion. This is great. I hope yeah. it makes it. hope it makes it on the show. Yeah, dude. Well, hopefully at some point, you know, we can get the Makeworth, Makeworth fam yeah. up here. And we Figure out coffee. your purpose and, 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 and have a positive impact on people around you. I think. That's the game right there. Dude, I love that. That's a perfect note to end on. Um, so let's do it. Man, thank cool. you so much. You're welcome, man. For being willing to come out here and just like talk shop, be vulnerable with us, and um, hopefully teach our baristas yeah. something. <laughs> we have a lot of baristas at Overflow. Yeah. Um, there were previous, you know, baristas. Yeah, so. people that you stole from Woods. Well, you know, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We train them. You I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Likewise. I'm just stoked that we get to kind of do this side by side and together. It's oh, we pretty much do this every other Wednesday anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. we yeah. we meet often. But <laughs> anyways, hey, thanks so much for uh, for sticking with us and uh, listening to this podcast. I love it. I would absolutely love it if you would review it. If you would, uh, you know, subscribe, do all those crazy things that would just make this kind of further um spread the word so thank you so much for being here have a great week we'll see you next time on the podcast stick around for the next one bye-bye